to our feet this morning. Can somebody put their hands together? Is anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, church. I don't see enough people that's, that got a smile on their face, that look joyful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I know some of you guys might be hungry and ready for some real food, but can we lift up a sound to the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Anybody want to experience that same power that we've been experiencing the last couple of weeks in our service? Hallelujah. We want the glory of the Lord to fall. We want his presence to rule and reign and take his liberty in our service this morning. But that's going to take an act of faith. That's going to take you to respond and to do things to let God know that he is welcome here. Amen. Amen. We want the rain to fall in this place. So worship and praise the Lord with us. Hallelujah. We're ready for a downpour. Let it fall fresh. Let it fall fresh on us. We're ready for revival. Let it fall fresh. Let it fall fresh on us. It's coming down. It's pouring out. The time is now. We need the rain. Everybody sing. We need the rain. Sing. We need the rain. We need the rain.
don't you lift your hands and just worship him? Why don't you just invite him in his place this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. We want your glory to fall. We know that at your great name, things begin to change. We know that when we call your name, anything can happen. We want you to come in this place, Jesus. Take your seat, Jesus. Do what you want to do in this place, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody worship the Lord. Glory to God. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. We need the rain. We need the rain. We're asking for your downpour, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And we're looking forward to what you're going to do for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you all for just being at Christ Center Church this morning. You woke up early. You got yourself together. You drove all the way here. And we just want to honor you. We just want to thank you so much for coming to worship with us. Amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, it's glad to see you this morning. Amen. Come, turn to your other neighbor. It's glad to see you this morning. Hallelujah. We're giving honor to God today. For he's the head of our lives. Amen. Amen. He woke us up. He gave us another opportunity. Glory to God. And I want to thank our online viewers. If you're just scrolling through and you just so happen to stumble upon us, just stick with us for a little bit. God has something in store for you. Barbara and Joe Career, we just want to honor you this morning. We thank you for your dedicated service. It is sometimes hard to just wake up and just sit before, you know, the screen on Sundays and desiring so much to be here and not. So we honor you this morning, Joe and Barbara, and we thank you so much for being just a consistent. So in this morning, we want to pray for a few people. So anybody have any prayer requests? We could signify that with the lifting of hands. If you don't have anything for yourself, I know you have something for somebody. Amen. Amen. We're going to be praying for Brother Kyler here. Just woke up and just not feeling well yesterday. We're going to do a special prayer today for the Shaw family. Um, we're going to pray for Brother Francis while he's going through chemotherapy. We're just going to pray his strength, not only in his body, but in his mind. Because we all know this can take a, a strong toll on you mentally. We already know it's going to do it physically, but mentally. So we want to pray also for his mental state. Amen. Uh, we want to pray for God to have a breakthrough today. He broke through, but I don't think he's done yet. I think there's more to go, but it depends on you. So as we go in prayer this morning, I want you to join with me. And let's not forget to pray for brother and sister uh, Kellerman. Uh, brother Kellerman is out, you know, having pain in the body. So let's pray for brother Kellerman's health, his strength. Pray for full healing. And also pray for Joan Hilton. Um, pray for her for speedy recovery. 
for Sister Joan Hilton. Amen. So let's go together before the Lord today. Father, we honor you. Father, we glorify you today. God, you're so worthy to be praised. God, you're so worthy to be honored. God, you are the great King of Israel. Father, you are the one which was and which is to come again. Lord God, we call upon your name, that great name, that wonderful name, the name that is above every name, the name that is a healing name, the name that is a saving name, the name that washes whiter than snow. Father, we thank you and we honor you today, Lord God. Father, we are at your throne of grace and mercy this morning. We come before your throne, Lord God. We come to you, God, and we ask you to cleanse us this morning, God, from all sin. To cleanse our minds and our hearts, oh God, from any iniquity, God, from any impurity, from anything, almighty God, that is unlike you. God, we ask, oh God, for a move today of your hand. We ask for a move, almighty God, of your hand. Lord, we know that you can speak healing today, Lord God. We know, oh Lord God, that anything that is done can be done by you. Because you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. Lord, you knew us yet before we were even formed in our mother's womb. And so we know, God, you know us. You know what gets us, Lord God. So, God, we ask you today for healing. We ask you today for miracles. We ask you today for signs and wonders, Lord God. We ask for the bodies, oh, Lord God, mighty God of Brother Francis to be touched today, God. We ask for the body of Brother Kellerman to be touched today, God. We ask for the body, almighty God, of Kyler to be touched today, Lord God. I touch and agree with my brothers and sisters online and in this sanctuary this morning that are seeking something from you, Lord God, that are seeking healing from you, Lord God, that is seeking an answer from you, Almighty God. Mighty God, I touch and agree with them today. Lord, we pray, oh Lord God, that our will will be done. I pray for hearts, oh God, to be open to receive your word that is going to come forth from the man of God today. I pray that you would touch him today, God. I pray that you would anoint him, oh God, from the very top of his head to the very sole of his feet. I pray that the blood of Jesus will just flow over him today, God. That as the unadulterated word of God come forth, all we will see today is you, almighty God, for he is just a vessel being used by you. Oh, God, we thank you. We pray your will to be done. We pray that you'll continue to touch the musicians, continue to touch the media team, continue to touch every aspect of this service, our praise and worship, our ushers, our greeters. Let your hand be over them this morning, Lord God. Father, we glorify and honor you, Lord God. Every woman, every man, every boy, and every child, let no one go untouched this morning by your hand. Lord God, you said if we don't praise you, the rocks will cry out. I praise you this morning, Lord Jesus. I lift you up this morning, Holy King. Father, you are the God of a breakthrough. You are the God of a breakthrough. We invite your presence in this place. We invite your Holy Spirit, oh God, to dwell in this place. Lord God, I pray that you'll give us a passion. A passion that will burn for you like never before. Lord, we honor you, Lord God. From the pulpit to the door, God, have your way. We invite you in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. 
thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. You are the great God. You are the great I am. And we bless your holy name today. In Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah.
falling down in worship, sing the song of ages to the Lamb. All who've gone before us, all who will believe, sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all. And the angels cry.
And we pray that your worship experience this morning with the Lord will be one of never before. Amen. You came here with different motives. Amen. We all have different agendas going on in our lives. But when we came here with the motive to worship our true and living God, the Lord will do something great in our life because that's the God that we serve. Amen. Hallelujah. We truly love him this morning. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So glad again one more time to welcome everyone into the house of God. So glad that you're part of our service this morning. Amen. Don't forget as our service goes on, we have our announcement behind my, uh, on the monitor behind me. Kind of pay tune to um, our announcement that goes on this morning. But I just want to quickly go over a couple of quick announcements here this morning. Our morning connection that we have from Monday through Friday, we have morning connections uh, Monday through Friday where you can just stay wherever you are, sign into our Zoom link, and if you need access to information for the Zoom link, you can talk to one of the ushers or one of the greeters. They will provide you with the information. We're going to ask if you could do us a big favor. When you sign on to pray, if you sign on for five minutes or for 30 minutes or whatever time that you're able to sign on to because of other responsibilities, make sure you unmute yourself when you're praying. There is something about praying, if it's all possible, that is. Sometimes it's hard because, you know, sometimes some of us mute and mute ourselves and we pray and we snore. I'm guilty of that. So I'm not throwing fingers or pointing fingers on anyone. But if you are, if you are, if it's all possible, unmute yourself and pray. Because when we pray together and unite together in one, it makes a huge difference in our communication with God. Amen. So if you can help us and do that Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to whatever time that you can uh, sign on to. Amen. Make sure you do that. Tuesday evening. Don't forget Tuesday evening. Every Tuesday evening we have our discipleship program um, or discipleship ministry. So if you're able to be a part of our discipleship Tuesday evening at 7.30 p.m., again, if you need access information please see one of our greeters or one of the ushers amen they will provide you with the information for our discipleship amen and then next week uh, uh two things going on. well next week the week of the 17 everyone said youth service next week uh saturday the 17th we have our first kickoff youth service Amen. We're looking to have a great time in the Lord. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause. We're going to have a good time worshiping the Lord. Amen. Sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, much younger than I look, you know. And sometimes I want to be a part of everything because I feel that I'm still a youth. You know, I'm not sure, you know, I hear a lot of elders always said, you know, I'm not too old to be a youth, if that makes sense. Amen. But I want to make sure I want to be a part of what God is doing. So next week, Sunday, if you know someone, bring someone out to have a, to a youth service. Uh, Next Saturday, thank you, thank you. Next Saturday, make sure you bring someone out, invite someone. And the week of uh, uh, February 22nd to 24th is our winter fire in Connecticut. Amen. If you're able to drive up, you know, for a night or two, amen, be a part of that service. It's a power pack service. Amen. There is a register fee, I think there is, for whatever nights that you're there. So if you're planning to, you can go online and you can sign up and you can be a part of the winter fire. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And then the uh, other thing is, I want to see all our guests that are here for the first, second, or third time. I'm going to invite you all, if you can stand, all our guests that are here this morning for first, second, and 
third time. Amen. Stand so we can recognize you. Amen. Just keep standing for a few seconds. Amen. We want to let you know that how much we greatly appreciate you taking the time out to be in our service this morning. We pray God will bless you all and keep you all. Don't be a stranger. Anything that we can do with your walk with the Lord, we are here to make sure your walk with the life is one of such. Amen. So I want you to continue to come. Continue to be a blessing. Invite someone out. Bring someone whenever it's possible. Amen. The Lord bless you. We thank you for being here this morning. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you again one more time. Amen. And at this time, we're going to get ready for our offering. Before we get ready for our offering, we want to see all the young people that are here between the age of 5 and 15 to stand with us. All the young people that are here between the age of 5 and 15, stand. There you go. There you go. Amen. All the young people. Great. Amen. Come on. Give them a round of applause. Amen. We have a special treat for you today. Amen. I, I want to be in there too, but amen. You have a special treat this evening. Zach, remain standing. I want you to look to my right, your left. Sister Asker's waving her hand over there. I want you all, you can pray as we stand and get ready for offering. We want to invite everyone to stand. And we're going to ask all the young people to just make your way. See Sister Asker as she wave her hand. Follow her. Amen. We're going to have a yeah, great time worshiping the Lord with them. Everybody, we're going to invite you to stand with us as we get ready to receive our offering this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to actually give a good offering this morning. Whatever you came here this morning to give. Amen. Give something better this morning. Let the Lord bless you. Amen. With whatever you're going to give this morning, the Lord will bless you beyond all measure. Amen. Bow your heads with us as we pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, for this time of service, oh God. We thank you for being so good to us, oh God, for keeping us, for continuing to be our provider and our keeper. Uh, God, as we're about to receive this morning offering, we ask you blessed upon every givers, those who have to give, those who have not likewise. I pray you will bless them beyond all measures, oh God. Bless all our guests this morning. Oh God, I pray you may keep them, bless their homes and their family. Have you in the service as we come in everything in your hand. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Continue to worship the Lord with us. In Jesus' name, amen. As you give, let's continue to worship Jesus one more time before the preacher takes his place. Make it. 
have any worshipers in the room this morning. I just want to invite God's presence here. Hallelujah, Jesus. May his faith be upon and a thousand generations in your family, your children, their children, their children. May his faith be upon and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and that you may his fame may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and that you may his fame may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations your family and your children and their children and their children. May His breath, may His breath go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening. You come and you go. And the 
the praise. Lord Jesus, we give you all the honor. Lord Jesus, we bless your holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Well, we're so thankful for the presence of the Lord. What we feel here this morning, what we have been feeling in this church, is God's presence. And you never want to come together and have church service if God's presence is not manifested. And we thank God for his manifested presence. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. There's some people with joy this morning, deep down in their soul, because they're in the presence of the Lord. And when the presence of the Lord is manifested, there's joy unspeakable that is in the hearts of God's people. He's for you. He's for you. Tell your neighbor, he's for you. The devil always whisper and try to tell you, you're just messed up, God's going to get you. He always try to get us to think that God is not for us because we messed up. But God is for you. When God went to the cross, many was in their mess. Many were not doing right. Many were rejecting him. Many spoke ill against him, but he was still for them. So don't you ever let the devil tell you God is not for you because you didn't do right yesterday. Or you didn't do right this morning. Tell the devil, devil, God is for me whether I'm good or I'm bad. God is for me. Today, I believe God is going to fill some people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe people are going to be baptized in Jesus' name and have all their sins washed away. I believe some people's lives are going to be transformed and you're going to live that victorious Christian life that you desire in your heart. You've been struggling, but God has come today to move you beyond the struggle of serving Him and living for Him. It's possible to live holy and righteous in this unrighteous world. It is possible. Don't you let the devil discourage you and tell you that it's impossible. Or what you're doing, God understands. God has more for you. He wants to give you more. He wants you to experience more. And so he needs for you and I to come up another level so we can see the more and begin to aspire for more and reach for more because he has more for us. So he didn't just don't want you to be where you are. He's glad that you acknowledge who he is because in acknowledging who God is, all the potential that's in you can just spring forth. Our potentials that we have can only be maximized when we're in God. We have great potential. 
And we have not maximized our potential because we need God in order to maximize. The creator, the one who gave you all your abilities and talents, he wants to maximize the abilities and talents that he has placed in you. We just have to trust him and let him have his way. You know, I want to make this statement before we get into the word of God. This is not a traditional church. You might have figured it out by now. We have embraced some tradition because some tradition is good. But what we try to be in this church is a Bible-living, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. Sometimes tradition can get in the way of the Word of God. So sometimes we have to ask ourselves about our tradition and say, this tradition or is it the word? Is this tradition or is it the word? And while some traditions are good and there's nothing wrong with them, if those traditions are not being exemplified or displayed in this church, forgive us. Because... You won't have the same tradition in every church you go. As a matter of fact, what the Lord does in our churches is every church has its own culture. Every home has its own culture. So when you belong to a church, that church will have a specific culture that you have to decide, is this the culture I embrace? Or is it not? And so if you were in another church, it might, well, not might, it probably had a different culture from this one. And you come to this one and you say, hmm, okay, they do that different, they do that different. But just look and see if we ever go outside of the bounds of the Word of God. And if we don't go outside of the Word of God, please stick with us. I wish I could express this to you the way I feel it in my spirit. And here's what I feel in my spirit. This area is not accustomed to a church like this. This church is about God's kingdom, God's business. I don't have any other agenda other than to serve God. And as I serve God, I'm serving you. I think sometimes you might think, is this really real? Does the pastor really care about me this much? I do. I do. I, I can't explain it. I can't tell you what kind of heart God gave me. He gave me a, a heart to do this. And so I'm only doing with what he has put in my heart. So I won't even take any credit for it. It's almost like he has the remote control and I'm just doing what he wants me to do. And I'm okay with that. But we are about people and what God wants to do in people's lives. We are not about come to this building. Let's have a big congregation. Let's have a popular name. Let's let everybody know who we are. That's not what we're about here. This church is about God's business. And God's business is you. If you have any aspiration for God to do great things in your life, you're in the right place. 
You come and talk to me about what you think God is doing. God will show me what he's doing in your life. And whatever he's doing, if you come to me and talk to me about it, if it's what he's doing, we will work together to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Because it's about God and his church. And if you are a part of his church, then it's about God and you. And I don't want to get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. So whatever you're feeling in your heart, whatever you're thinking in your mind, whatever you're not sure about, come and see me and probably I can help you to understand what's going on. Because I want you to experience exactly what God has in store for you. I don't look at you as a commodity. I remember when we first started the church in the fire station. I'm remembering it because I'm helping someone start a church now. And the person that's starting the church, they said, we found a building in Elizabeth. It cost us $2,000 every month. And I told the person, when we started this church, we had to make sure we went to a place where my wife and I, tithes, could pay the rent. Because it was never about money or anything. As a matter of fact, I remember when I went to the bank to open an account for the church, they said you need a minimum of $1,500 to keep this account, you know, current and we don't deduct, deduct some kind of fee. And I started doing all this kind of stuff like, $1,500? Where's that coming from? How are we going to have $1,500 every month? My wife and I tithes is just enough to pay for the rent at the fire station. What are we going to do? I said, but God, you told me to go. Let's see after the first month if we have 1500 and the second month 1500 I'm just leaving it up to you. Until today as we stand in here, this church has been built and established on God. Not man. I get real nervous to ever think about I would do anything in my own mind and my own strength about you. That worries me to death. That's probably my greatest worry, that I would ever do anything coming from my own man, my own person to tell you something when it's pertaining to God. I got to make sure every time I speak to you, it's because of what God said. It's because of God's word, because I do not want to mess that part up. So this is not an average place that you're in. It's not a traditional place that you're in. It is quite different from most of the places that you go. We don't put a show on when we do praise and worship. This is about worship. This is about praising God. This is real to us. With all of that in mind, we're so glad to be together again. God is going to do something special before we dismiss the service today. It's so good to see all of you. Let God have his way today. The spirit of the Lord has moved and he will continue to move throughout this service. Respond to him. Respond to him. Titus chapter 2 verse number 13. Titus number 2 verse number 13. Good to see all of you. Please keep Sister Revelous is in the house thinking about you. Keep her in prayer. She's still not 100% but... She loved the Lord and she pushed her way through. I know Sister um, Gabby, she wasn't feeling well. She pushed her way through. I know Sister Joan Hilton, um, she wants to be here. She broke her arm in two different places. Keep her in prayer. 
Brother Kellerman is dealing with some tremendous sickness in his body. Keep him in prayer. Uh, just, just pray for each other. I was at a conference yesterday and I told them, I said, we're all here because somebody prayed for us. Not one of us are here this morning on our own strength. Somebody prayed for you, whether you knew it or you didn't know it. Somebody prayed for you and you finally found your way in the house of God. None of us got here by happenstance. Someone prayed for us. So the least we can do is continue to pray for others. We don't have to know them either. You can look around and say, what happened to that lady I see quite often that sits over there? I haven't seen her in a while. Say, Lord, that lady that I haven't seen in a while, you know who she is. Whatever she's going through, will you keep her? Will you bless her? Will you provide for her? Will you touch her body and mind and just let your will be done in her life, Lord? It's just that simple. Because God knows that lady or that guy that you kind of look over and see and kind of sometimes give them a little eye contact to say hello. God knows all of that. He's all-knowing. Titus chapter number 2, verse number 13. The Bible says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good work. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have already done. And we have great expectation for what you will do before we are dismissed here today. Will you allow your spirit to have the preeminence? Will you demonstrate by the manifestation of your power in the hearts and the minds of your people, Lord? Father, we need you, O God. Lord, we pray that you will baptize somebody. Oh, God, with your spirit, that they will be filled this morning with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Somebody will make up in their mind to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody's life will be so transformed, Lord, that the struggle that they've been going through, they no longer go through. That they will feel the liberty of the Spirit and the Word of God leading them in a powerful way. God, have your way in this place as we give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Can everyone say amen? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you on this topic this morning, the hope of the church. The hope of the church. The two passages, passages of scriptures we just read, they clearly and boldly affirms that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. You will hear me say this quite a bit in this church because it is essential to all Christianity. It is essential to all Bible-believing people to know and understand that Jesus Christ is Almighty God who manifests in flesh and walked among us. It says in these two passages of scriptures, the glorious appearing of the great God 
and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So the great God is also our Savior. If you look back in Isaiah, the Bible says, is there any other Savior? I know not none. God declared himself to be Savior in the book of Isaiah. And then in the book of Matthew, he declared himself to be Savior as Jesus Christ. Well, either the Bible is a mess and we just need to throw it out and stop believing it, or the God that called himself Savior in Isaiah is the same God that called himself Savior as Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew. In Isaiah, they couldn't see him. In, in Matthew, he manifested as the man, Christ Jesus. Then he went on in the next passage to say, who gave himself for us, watch it, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself. A peculiar people. So now he's saying we're his people. I thought we were God's people. Well, if you understand that Jesus is God, then if Jesus said we're his people or God said we're his people, it's the same. Because Jesus Christ is God Almighty. In the New Testament, hope does not indicate merely what is wished for, but what is assured. Hope is not a wish. Hope is what's assured. Hmm. In the passages of scripture we just read, hope in the context that is mentioned is to anticipate with pleasure. When you're hoping, when it's determining according to the things of God, when you're hoping for God to move or for what God to do, you must anticipate with pleasure. When you have hope, you have an expectation that is concrete. When you're hoping, you have a confidence that is assured. And so hope is not just a wish when you're pertaining to God and his kingdom. The hope of the church is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for the saints of God. We're not just here this morning just going through these rituals to say, oh, it's just good to do good things. We're not just here to do good things. We're not here to be ritualistic and traditional. We're here because we're working our way into pleasing the Lord and doing what he wants us to do because one day we will no longer be here. In Romans 15 and 13, the Bible says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Here's some stuff that you need to hear me out on. The next great event in God's plan for humanity is his return for the saints of God, his church. I'll say that again. The next great event in God's plan for humanity is his return for his people, the church. The first century church expected the Lord to come back in their day. The apostle Paul, he wrote in 1 Thessalonians 
4 and 15, the Apostle Paul wrote, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. God is coming back. The return of Jesus Christ is imminent and they thought he was coming back in their day and he didn't but he's still coming. Paul spoke as if he would be alive when the Lord came to catch away the saints of God. He lived with expectancy that the Lord will return in his day. We too, as a people, must live our life with the expectancy like the Lord Jesus Christ could return any day now. All right, let me help you out. We are the first generation who has all systems in place for all prophecy to be fulfilled that the Lord may return. (laughs) Our world is completely digital. All systems are electronic. And satellites are everywhere. All our movements are being tracked and our everyday routines are being monitored. Some of the end time scripture that we have read years ago puzzled us. Because we used to say, how in the world can that happen? How could that possibly happen? How, how this gospel is going to be preached in all the world? How can these things happen that we're reading in the end time prophecy that to me, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, we're saying, huh, I know God keeps his word, but I still don't know how it's possible. Well, we know today that it's possible. Watch this. In Revelations 13 and 16, the Bible says, And he calls it all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that had understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. We read that back in the day, and that just sounded kind of crazy. I know the Bible is true. I know God's word is true. But how crazy is that? That doesn't even make sense. But watch this. Right now, right now, most, if not all of us, can, can be forced right now to take the mark of the beast to buy or sell if the government enforces it. You, you, you think it's just happenstance? Amazon is Amazon? You think it's happenstance that they're just everything is digital and electronic? 
If we all got to be on digital and electronics, understand this. They can say to us, you can't buy or sell nothing except you take the mark. What you going to do then? You can't cash out at Walmart with cash. You either have to use your card or you can't check out. And your card better have the chip. That is the mark of the beast. That's where we are right now. So while back in the day we read that and we said, well, we know that's true, but how? Right now, right now, talk to some grocery store people. People come in the line, check out. Boop. So we know God can come back any day now. Because these prophecies are being fulfilled every day. They're not some kind of strange things that we read and say, what in the world is that? Oh, no, it is real and it is happening. The church began on the day of Pentecost with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And many believers were filled with the Holy Spirit on that day, the day of Pentecost. Since then, many believers have been seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit in anticipation of the soon return of Jesus Christ. You'll follow me a little bit closer when I say the rest of what I have to say. They responded to the preaching of the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 2, that in the last days, God will pour out of his spirit on all flesh. They read the prophecy of Peter quoted from the book of Joel, in which God promised a former reign and a latter reign. They concluded that the former reign was the day of Pentecost, and the latter reign would be the final outpouring of the Holy Spirit before the coming of the Lord. As a result, they experienced a mighty Holy Ghost revival, and they understood the importance of this. Watch it. Romans 8 and 11 says this, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. You're watching it. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So what they knew back then was, if I don't have the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to heaven. How you think the dead was raised? The dead was raised by the Spirit of God. It wasn't raised by magic. It wasn't raised by some kind of crazy mind trick. It was the Spirit of God that rose the dead. It is still the Spirit of God today that is raising the dead. If we don't have the Spirit of God, we won't be getting out of here when the time comes. They knew they had to have the spirit of almighty God dwelling in them in order to make the trip to heaven. It is the same for us today. We must have the spirit of God living in us to make the trip to heaven. If we don't have the Holy Ghost, we should never let an opportunity go by without us seeking for the Holy Ghost. Every church service, we should come to the altar. Every church service, we should seek and cry out to God to say, Lord, I want 
want your spirit, Lord. I want your spirit, Lord. I want your spirit, Lord. I want your spirit. Somebody need to cry out today and not let this day slip away without saying, Lord, I want your spirit. Because God wants to give you his spirit. You don't have to worry whether or not he wants to. There are some things that we say we're not sure if it be the will of God. But what we do know is the will of God is that every human that desire God's spirit to dwell in them, God will give them. Every human being that decided, I want to be saved, God will save you. Every human being that decide, I want to be delivered, God will deliver you. The evidence of you having the Holy Spirit is when the Spirit gives you utterance and you speak in other tongues, you will also demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Can I tell you, I know that makes us uncomfortable sometimes. I think we're getting kind of used to it now. Uh, that, that, that when we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, it's not by our will, but it's by the Spirit of God that's in us. The Spirit of God will give us the utterance. And then when we begin to worship and praise God, we will begin to speak with another tongue. Not a tongue that we can control. Not a tongue that we have understanding always of. But the Spirit of God gives the utterance. And we speak with another tongue. And that is our evidence. And I want to tell you, if you feel like you have the Holy Spirit, but you have not spoken with tongues, I tell you today, you need to say, God, I want to speak with tongues. I don't care if I feel like I've got it. I want to speak with tongues. Why? The Bible says it. I told you this is a Bible-believing church. Now, let me say this real quick before I move to my next thought. I know it's easy to say, well, that was for back then. It ain't for today. You, you want to rest on that? You want to rest on it that God is no respecter of persons. And if God is no respecter of persons, he's going to give Peter the Holy Ghost. Peter speak with tongues. And I'm not supposed to speak with tongues like Peter. You ready for this one? His mother, Mary. She was one of the first ones to receive the Holy Ghost. She was in the upper room when the Holy Ghost was poured out. So his mother got the Holy Ghost, spoke with tongues, and I'm supposed to just say, I don't have to speak with tongues, but I know I've got it. Just trying to help you. Just trying to help you. The churches that want you to feel good will tell you something different. I'm here to help you get saved. Listen to me. Good parents tell their children the truth. Good pastors, they tell the congregation the truth. They don't just try to make you feel good all the time. There's going to come days when we're going to say, let me talk to you real straight. You need to have the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues. That's what the Bible says. I don't care what anybody else says. Don't settle for less. Don't come up with your own solutions. Just go with what the Word of God says. In Ephesians 2 and 12, the Bible says that at, the, that, that at the, that time ye were without Christ. Here's some good news. That at that time ye were without Christ. I told you he was for you. Didn't I tell you that earlier? He's for you. 
But that doesn't mean that he's not going to call you up to a place where you're going to say, God, that's hard. Anybody ever played sports or anything like that? You get challenged and you're like, man, that's hard. It's just life. Why we want to be able to label, you know, you know, trying to become a better basketball player or a better football player, better soccer player, or whatever we do in our challenges in life. Why we feel okay that we can say those things are hard, but when it comes to living for God, it's not supposed to be hard. You want me to tell you a secret why living for God is hard? Because we were supposed to come out of the womb living for God. That was God's way and God's plan. But most of us didn't, just like me. And we came out of the womb and lived according to our world standards. And we lived how the world taught us. And then we finally get to church and we start reading our Bible and we realize, oh, Lord, all of this stuff looks like it's against me. Well, it's not against you. It was for you from the very beginning, but you kind of just ignored it, never looked at it. You know what I mean? Just started doing something different. And now finally you decide, let me go back to this thing here. And you realize, oh, snap. All the stuff that I was doing, it wasn't according to this. Now I'm going to have to work hard to undo all that so I can start doing this. That's the only reason why it's hard. (laughs) That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of of promise, having no hope. And without God in the world. But now, is Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. God is for you. I am preaching a message today that might challenge you and might seem hard. But guess what? God is your biggest cheerleader and he's cheering you on, let you know, I am for you. Receiving my spirit is not that hard. I will just give it to you. It's what I want to do. Saving your soul is not that hard. You just have to commit to me and surrender and I will wash your sins. Bottle baptism in Jesus' name and you, your sins can be washed away. You can go home today with all your sins washed away. You can go home today with my spirit in you. You can go home today transformed and all that used to bother you don't bother you anymore. All that used to hinder you don't hinder you anymore. You can leave here today that way. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, we have no hope. What are you hoping for without Jesus? Think about that. Oh, I'm hoping that I'll start making more money so I can pay off my bills. When you die, you're going to still have bills. You will never pay off all your bills. (laughs) You just won't. The world is set up so you can't ever pay off all your bills. Okay? When you die, there will be some PSE&G bill. When you die, there will be some water bill. When you die, there will be some phone bill. When you die, there's going to be some bill that somebody's going to have to send in your death certificate to the people to say, they are no longer here. Since COVID, many of us had to do that, right? It ain't a laughing matter, but my goodness, we have gone through so much since COVID that we understand that many of us had to send in death certificate to these people to tell them, "My, my loved one is no longer here. 
So we know for sure that when you die, you will die with bills. So to try to have enough money so you can pay your bills, what kind of aspiration is that? Uh-huh. Can I be transparent with you? I was just telling my wife. I said, this is just me. Just listen to me. You know, a lot of preachers that's preaching to a good church, nice building and all that stuff, they got nice big houses. You ever notice that? Nothing wrong with it. God probably blessed them with it. But I don't have a nice big house. And I'm getting older. And I told my wife the other day, I said, baby, I don't need no bigger house when I'm getting older. You're not going to be able to climb all these steps and clean this house. And Why do I need a bigger house to say I'm a pastor? When I need to get a big house, say, look at me, I'm a pastor. I've got a big house. Don't you like the pastor's house? I said, baby, at the best, we will get a more functional house if the Lord opens the door. Functional. My mortgage better not go up anymore. Right? And I just need more functional where my grandkids can come and play and make a mess, and it's not really a mess. <laughs> I'm just saying. I need a little backyard because I got to jerk my jerk, you know, and I, I need a little backyard to cook out. I got to do that. So just give me a big family room and, and a place to sleep and some backyard where I can go do some grilling. I'm good. I'm not that pastor that got to have the big house on three acres. That ain't me. And the ones that have it, no problem with it. I'm just telling you where I am in my understanding. And here is the deal, too, for all of us. This is what I'm trying to do. I try to learn as I am growing. I'm watching other people, and I'm like, okay, that didn't work. Not doing that. That worked. Let me do that. And that's how I kind of live my life so I don't get into the same situation others have gotten into. I try to look and see what was good and what was bad, and I go from there. I hope you do the same. You look around and see what worked and what didn't work and make sure you avoid pitfalls. So I'm not going to go into debt. So let me tell you a uh, backstory. I shouldn't be saying this because, you know, we don't talk to the saints of God like this. But I'll tell you because I don't care and I'm transparent. So what happens is the pastor that's like me that decide I need a big house. He go get a big house. And many times if God didn't give him that big house, here's what's going to happen. He's going to have to stay preaching for a long time so when y'all give tithes to the church, you can have some money to pay that mortgage. And so y'all going to have an old pastor that y'all like, he keep on, he not preaching the word like he used to. Well, I'm going to have to, that's because I'm trying to hang on so I can pay the mortgage for my house. I know y'all just like, what kind of preacher is this? I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm telling you, I can't help it. I, I, I just got to get corrected by God when I do these kind of things. I just can't help but to be transparent. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to let you know how real I keep it. That's all I'm trying to let you know, that I'm just trying to be as real as I can because I don't want to hold up God's kingdom. When my time comes to step aside so y'all get a vibrant young preacher that keep the hot, that keep the coals on the altar and preach fire, I want that preacher to come and take his place and start preaching to y'all and minister to y'all and love y'all and just lead y'all. That's what I want. I don't want to be the hold up of God's word and God's kingdom. So guess what? I'm still doing my thing. 
I'm struggling with should I keep on working my job or should I quit my job and be full time in the ministry? And I've always felt like I don't want to take no money out of the church. I want to give money to the church. So God, God, please don't mess me up. Just tell me clearly when you want me to do it. I just don't know. Because the church is growing and y'all need my time. I don't want y'all to want to call me and I'm giving some secular job, you know, some time and I can't talk to you right away. And so, and so that's my battle now. The church is growing. You need my time. I need to go visit more uh, at the hospitals and we nursing homes. And I need to go do all that stuff, but I got a secular job. And I'm trying my best to just make sure I do the right thing. Just being transparent. I know you didn't come to church to hear that. But guess what? I want you to know the truth. And if you're not here but, and you decide to go to another church, at least you will know the standards that you need to hold that church to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know some preachers might not like what I'm saying, but I'm sorry. This is the deal. If, if, if we do right, we won't have to worry about nobody talking about us. Right? If we just do what we're supposed to do. Now, I understand that some people only did the best that they knew. This is why I'm not talking about anybody specific. I'm telling you what I've learned and how I can best serve you. How I can best pastor you. How I can best look out for you. How I can best help to shape God's purpose in your life. That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to make sure I put myself in the best place to do that for you. We must live our life with expectancy that the Lord Jesus Christ can return any day now. And if we want to go to heaven with him, we must do everything we're supposed to to be ready when he comes. I want to be ready when he comes. The Lord obviously did not come back in Paul's day, nor did he come back in the early 20th century. Were the believers of these two centuries wrong to look for the coming of the Lord? Not at all. It is God's will for every generation of believers to anticipate his soon return. All believers of Christ need to anticipate the soon return of Jesus Christ. When we lose that expectancy, we become self-centered and apathetic about the things of God. When we keep our focus on the Lord's return, we maintain a sense of divine destiny and we live by heavenly priorities. We realize that we are indeed strangers and pilgrims in this world. Therefore, instead of seeking ultimate satisfaction in things that are temporary, we place our hope in Jesus Christ, his glorious return for his church. Instead of living primarily to please people and to succeed in secular affairs we must strive to prepare our eternal destiny you have an eternal destiny it's up to you if you make your destiny but God has a destiny for you he has an eternal destiny that you will spend eternity with him we cannot know exactly when the Lord will return. With the Lord, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. Therefore, what seemed like a long delay to us is just a short passage of time for Jesus Christ. 
Don't you think the Lord is taking a long time to return? God, we've been reading your return for so long. Why haven't you returned? I guess you're not coming. We can still play around and have a good time. When he is ready, his coming will be swift. As we've been fasting and consecrating, I hope you've been watching some stuff that are godly and realize, my God, my God, the return of the Lord is, is, is imminent. And we got to be ready when Jesus comes. We're not going to be in this earth always. We're not going to be in this earth forever. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will not pass away. All this stuff here one day will be gone. But if you will trust in the Lord, you will leave this stuff behind and and spend eternity with him. When he is ready, his coming will be swift. It will come upon this world unexpectedly as a thief in the night. Although we do not know when Jesus will return, he identified various signs that would characterize the time of his coming. The increasing intensity of these signs in our day convinces us that the coming of the Lord is indeed drawing nigh. In 2 Timothy 3, these are signs of the end, knowing that the Lord's return is at hand. In 2 Timothy 3, the word of God says in verse 1, this know also, that in the last days, in the last what? The last days. All right, you tell me if you think we're living in the last days. In the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are, some of y'all folded under this pressure. Trying to live for God and do the right thing, and you don't want people to say, why are you so different? You're folded. Here's the scripture that should keep you from folding. I'm supposed to be a child of God. That makes me good. And if people want to be despisers of me because I'm following God, that's up to them. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, for from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Bible says in the last days, those are the things that will be happening. Are we living in the last days? Are we knowledgeable now more than any other time? You can't talk to us right now about knowledge. We are so knowledgeable about so many things. But unfortunately, many have not come to the truth. As knowledgeable as we are, as smart as we are, as intelligent as we are, as educated as we are, many has not come to the knowledge of the truth, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus Christ is God Almighty, and that he is on your side, and that he's your Savior, and that he's coming back. And he is the hope for the church. 
The soon coming of the Lord must motivate us to reach out to our lost world. In the last chapter of the Bible, Jesus announced, Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Mm. Mm. I'm closing. Because of all of this, we need to put our focus on salvation. Being saved. Living a saved life. Living righteously. Living holy. Contrary to popular belief, listen to me. You can live this life the way God wants you to live. You might not think so, but you could. This week, for most of us in this church that followed the fast, we said we're going to fast from social media. For those of us that did it, aren't we here? Did you feel like you missed something? We can do these things. But somehow we've convinced ourselves that we can't live for God because that's too challenging or too stringent or too difficult. No, that's your mind. That's that what we call paralysis by analysis. You are analyzing according to your own mindset. You're analyzing according to your own understanding. But according to God's word, you can live a righteous, holy, saved life. You can and still have a good time. I'm almost finished here. Before I got saved, I liked to move around. I liked to travel. I liked to go places. And I thank God that he put me in a church and kept me in a church that I liked to do the same. This weekend, Friday, Saturday, I'm on the highway going to church. Friday night, we had a prayer conference in Prospect Park, New Jersey. That's a little bit tip of um, Patterson. Take normal drive, hour, 20 minutes. Let's go. When I wasn't living for God, it was nothing for me to drive to Maryland, D.C., Boston. Just start naming it. Virginia. Some, some people know some of my spots. It was nothing for me to drive to those places to go hang out. And I thank God that he put me in a church that those things about me didn't change. I like to go places. Let me tell you how good God is. I like to go places. There's a story told in my family. It's true. When I was probably, I don't know, I might have been 10 years old living in Jamaica. I stole $20 from my grandma. I bought a bag of banana chips and I caught two buses to the airport in Kingston. Ten years old. I sat at the airport, ate my banana chips and watched the planes take off and watched the planes land, eat my banana chips. Ten years old. Grandma don't know where I am. My mom is in America trying to make a way for all of us. I'm eating my banana chips, watching the plane go with her $20. I like traveling. And so, from a 
child, I've been traveling. I grew up, I kept traveling, going every place. And then the Lord saved me, and he kept me traveling. The Lord brought me into the church, a church that moved about. We go places all the time. We go to conferences all the time. We go to different services all the time. And trust me, I'm rolling. I was in a church that we had service sometimes on a Sunday three times. Didn't bother me because I like to roll. And then the Lord see fit. I don't know how he likes to do things. If, I don't know if it's a joke sometimes and he just does it and smirk or it's just what the, you know, the purpose is. And the Lord made me what we call the superintendent of our district. Now, the superintendent got to travel all the time. He got to go here to take care of this, got to go there to do that. And so here I am still traveling. I find myself at a place today where I said, I'm tired of hotel rooms. God must be laughing. <laughs> God must be laughing at me. You wanted to travel, right? And so you travel when you was a kid, when you, your eyes were at your knee, stealing people's money. I think I paid back more than the $20 since, you know, I'm a good grandson. I'm a good grandson. I'm a good grandson. I'm a good grandson. You ask my grandma if I'm a good grandson. <laughs> I love my family. I take care of my family. They can ask me to do anything, and I'm moving. You know why I have to do everything for my family that they ask? Because I do it for you. I'm not crazy. Ain't no way I'm going to be doing everything for you and my mom or my grandmom or my wife or my kids. Whatever they want, I got to do it. As long as it ain't crazy stuff. Because, you know, I can't give my kids my money to just throw away. No, no. When they come to me, they say, Dad, can I have? I want to know everything. For what? What happened? How this is going to work? How this is going to go? I'm asking every question in the book because that's my money and it ain't getting thrown out. Let's close this thing up. The response to this announcement of God being the hope of the church is a call to salvation. You should not leave this church service today if you have not done what the scripture teaches to be saved. You know what the scripture teaches to be saved? Somebody listen to me today. You've heard about being saved, but let me tell you how you can be saved according to the Bible. The Bible says in order to enter into the kingdom of God, we must be born again. That's so great. I laugh at that all the time now because a lot of people like to tell us how they were born. And I smirk and I said, God, you are very interesting that you knew the day was coming that we as a people would begin to say, leave me alone because I was born like this. I said, God, you are very interesting because I know, according to your word, you told us it doesn't matter how we were born into this life. We could have been born into this life any kind of way you want to describe. But the Bible says we must be born. This dude is so good. Like, how did he know in 20, you know, 2000? Let's just stick with the 2000. How do you know in 2000 people was going to be saying, just you don't understand I was born this way. How, how did he just see, because he's God, and he knew we would have all these excuses for why we want to just stay the way we are. And he loves us so much. Here's what we're missing. We're missing that we think that God want to change us. No, we're a mess. You see this? 
When we don't live for God, we're living in pride. And if we're living in pride, we can never be saved. I try to, get it, I try to get, make it simple sometimes. What do you mean by that, preacher? If you think you are good enough that you don't need to be saved, you're living in pride. If you think that you don't need Jesus to get saved, you are being a prideful individual. And nobody could be saved with pride. Guess who had the first pride in them? Guess where pride started? Pride didn't start with man. Pride started with Lucifer. The, one, of, one, of the, one of the angels back in the day. And God says, oh, no pride can't stay up in heaven. So we know pride can't go to heaven. Because the one that started the pride had to go. Get out of here. You can't stay up here with no pride. You got to go. So when we think that we're good where we are and we are not saved, pride. You hanging out with Lucifer. And he wants you to hang with him because what they say, misery. Oh, y'all know it. Misery love company. And so if you have pride, Satan say, and he's sitting with you. Sit right there. I know the preacher trying to tell you all this stuff. Don't listen to him. Stay right here. You ain't got to get saved. You ain't got to do all that to get saved. Sit right here with me. Are you going to sit right there today with Satan and let him tell you, don't move. You don't have to do anything because that ain't what God said. Well, check me on it. John chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Go look at it and see what it says. And then after that, now we go to the preaching of the word of God on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached the first sermon and tell us how we get saved. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Go check me on it. Scripture. Not what anybody told you. Well, you know, God knows your heart. You just need to believe. Show me that in the Bible. Show me that in the Bible. I'm trying to be transparent in every way by now. I hope you see this dude is transparent. He's just trying to tell us the best thing he knows according to the word of God to help us. Not sugarcoating. Before we leave today, somebody need to get up out their seat and come to get baptized. We have the baptism robes right here. So you don't have to worry about, well, I'm going to go home wet. No, you won't. We got it set up where you will get baptized in that water and you will still go home dry, but all your sins will be gone and you'll feel brand new. And the weight that wears you down, that weigh on you, all the problems you've been, all of that stuff will be lifted today before you get out of here. And when you get baptized, you can come up out of that water speaking with other tongues if you will worship God. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can come here today and lift your hands. God will fill you with his spirit and you will receive new life. Why am I telling you this? I'm preaching about the urgency of the return of Christ. And we have proven that everything is in place, that he can come any day now. I got one thing to share with you before I go so you understand this. Because some people might not see it this way, but I know according to scripture. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that hear it say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The soon coming of the Lord must also motivate us to live a holy life. When we realize that this world and everything in it will soon pass away, we understand the importance of the 
conduct of godliness and holiness and righteousness. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to those things, uh, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and be blameless. Help us, Jesus. Romans 8 and 24 says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Can I just make it real plain and simple? Jesus Christ is not here before you. But that's who we're hoping for. We don't see him, but that's who we're hoping for. We know that he's coming, and guess what? Can I give you this piece? His spirit dwelling in us is a down payment to let us know he's coming. This is why having the Holy Spirit is so important in so many ways. But one of the ways, according to what I'm preaching to you today, is this. When you have the Holy Ghost, that's your affirmation that he is legit and that he's real, and that what he says is true. So you can trust that he's coming. And that's the down payment. That spirit that you have in you, that came from him, that's what prepared you for his return. That's what makes you look forward with expectancy that the Lord is coming. Hear me on this. One of the reasons why a Christian must live their life with expectancy of the return of the Lord is this when the chaos starts and the Antichrist starts to enforce his laws, take the mark or you can't buy and sell, Christ will appear and rapture the church out of here that we won't be subjected to the tribulation we would otherwise experience. So, what are you saying, preacher? There are some preachers that's going to tell you. Oh, the church will not get raptured till after the tribulation, which means, which means the Antichrist will have the power to force you to take the mark and you will either have to go hide in the woods somewhere and live off the grid and still try to eat and all that. Some people are thinking like that. Well, if you study God, you will see that God always pull his people out before destruction. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? What did he do? He sent his servant. He sent angels. Go tell Lot and his family, because his uncle is praying for him. Go tell Lot and his family, get up out of there. Because I'm getting ready to do my thing. Get up out of there. God calls the children of Israel to go through the Red Sea. And once they got out of there, he said, let me close up this Red Sea. After you escape, then God destroys after he pull his church out of anything, then that's when he leave everything. So what I'm telling you today is you have to prepare. Because we're not waiting for the tribulation to happen before we're up out of here. We're going to get up out of here before the tribulation start to happen. So we're going to be out of here and then all of a sudden it become chaotic around here. Can I tell you this last thing? Man, they're, they're setting us up so good. If you have ever been to Phoenix, Arizona lately, 
lately, I've been there a few times, but lately, I think they're the first state that have Ubers without drivers. And this is how the world like to do. It's cheaper than Uber with a driver. So now people are going to the airport, get an Uber without a driver, a Tesla driving them. They sit in the back seat, no driver. Going to the airport. It costs seven bucks. If you get a regular Uber, it might cost 15 bucks. So what we going to start doing? Because we just always get drawn in. What are we going to do? Give me the Uber without the driver so I can pay cheaper. And so now you're sitting. Watch this. You know what he's trying to do? When Jesus returned, every Christian will be raptured out of here. So while you're driving your car, raptured out of here. While you're in your house, raptured out of here. While you're in church, wherever you are when Jesus returns and you're right with him, you're raptured out of here. So guess what? There's going to be a whole lot of cars driving by themselves when you get raptured out of here. The Antichrist trying to prepare himself to try to, try to explain the rapture. He's trying to explain everything because everybody that's left behind when the church get up out of here, they're going to want to know what happened. And they're going to try to figure out what happened. And the Antichrist is going to be working overtime with all this stuff coming out through the phones, all these messages telling us, oh, it's just this. Oh, it's just that. And some of us that thought we were saved, that realized that we weren't saved because we didn't leave here, are going to say, yeah, that couldn't have been the rapture because I'm still here. This is heavy stuff. But this is the truth. This is what the Lord allowed me to preach to you this morning. That he is the hope of the church. We can't just sit around and keep thinking that this is the end all be all. As long as I keep going to church, I'm good. As long as I keep praising the Lord, I'm good. As long as I keep just, 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 just being among the people that are saved, I'm good. No! We have to do what we must do for ourselves to get a relationship with Jesus. Uh, to get a right walk and a right talk and a right life with Jesus Christ. Because any day now, the church, the saints of God, can be raptured out of here to meet the Lord in the air. We're not just here playing around. We're not just here just going through the motions. We're not just here to be religious. We're not just here to be traditional. We're here because we're preparing for the return of Jesus Christ. We're here because one day we will no longer be here. We will be in heaven in eternity with our creator. We're doing it for that reason. Let's stand. Uh. That's the reason we're doing it. That's the reason we're doing it. We can't just be church goers on Sunday, church. I spoke to our leaders this morning and I made mention to them. I said, let's try to reach out to every person that is in this church and get them connected some way more than just Sunday mornings because we cannot make it to heaven on just Sunday mornings. Between social media, our jobs, and just life in general, we're so consumed with the things of this world that we can't stay spiritual. And so Sunday is not enough. We need Sunday. We appreciate Sunday. We thank God for Sunday. But Sunday is not enough. 
We need to have more days where we're living for God with the fullness. We need to have more days where we're worshiping God, where we're obeying the word of God, where we're being a light, where we're loving people, where we're praying for people in the streets, praying for people in the malls, praying for people. We cannot be shy anymore. If somebody say, pray for me, you say, come on, come on over here. Let me pray with you right now. Why? Because we don't know when Jesus is coming back and we want to take every opportunity to minister, to bless people, to speak faith and to build up people because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. And unlike 20 years ago, he can come back today. 20 years ago, we wouldn't admit it, but he couldn't come. Why? Because all his prophecy had not been fulfilled for him to come back. And anybody that knows anything about Jesus know he is precise, he is exact, and everything that he says is what he does. And so if he says certain prophecy needs to take place before he returns, certain prophecy had to. The mark of the beast had to happen. Twenty years ago, we could not have the mark of the beast. Today, oh yeah, oh yeah, they can shut it all down now. Who working on a job that they're paying you cash right down your hand? That's, that's a side hustle if you're getting cash. Nothing wrong with them. Not, not, I'm not knocking you. It's a side hustle. But what I'm telling you, every job now pay you electronically. Direct deposit. So all the Antichrist got to do is wipe out your savings. Wipe out your checking. I'm telling you, the world is set ready to go. And because Jesus loves us, he will not put us under those restrictions. He will not allow his people to be subjected to an antichrist that can wipe out their savings, that can wipe out everything that they have and make them not have nothing. He will not subject us to that. But we have to be ready that when the antichrist is getting ready to manifest, the Lord just go, whoops, whoops. And this is what's called a rapture. There's a real rapture. And God showed us a mini-rapture when he rose Lazarus from the grave. He showed us a mini-rapture when he rose himself from the grave. He showed us a mini-rapture when, when, when Philip was translated from one place to the next place. He has shown us ways of how we can be translated from one place to another place with the power of his spirit. So we can be. But we need his spirit. That can't happen if we don't have his spirit. His spirit must dwell in us for us to raise up and move to the heavens. In Colossians 1 and 26, 27, the scripture says, Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. What I just told you. There are some things that we could not understand back then. 666. How is that going to work? People are going to have to go to Antichrist and they write 666 in their forehead, 666 in their hand. No. No. Now we know. Okay. They can put a chip in your hand. Now we know. You can put a chip in the forehead, chip in the forehead, and, 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 and under the skin. We know now the mark of the beast to make you have the opportunity to buy and sell can be done easily. Because if they shut it down, just like, okay, you ready for this? Vaccine was a test, test thing. You can't fly. You can't go to certain places. That was a test. 
know they can do it now. They know they can do it. They know they can mandate us to take the mark of the beast. They know it. But you don't have to fear. All you need to do is live for God. You don't have to fear all you need to give your life to God. You don't have to fear all you need to do is make sure God's spirit is living in you. You don't have to fear all you need to do is repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name. You don't have to fear because God will take care of us. God always takes care of his people. And so you want to make sure you belong to the Lord. You want to make sure you're doing what God has commanded and required for you to do. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, why don't you come down today? We'll pray for you for you to receive the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Woo. I feel it. God is ready to baptize you in His Spirit. Traditional church. They stand and watch, and everybody just getting their own thought in their mind. Not in this church. We're all about each other. We are for each other. We support each other. We encourage one another. If you need the Spirit, we want you to have the Spirit, and we don't want you to feel like you're... We just want you to know God loves you, and God has a plan for you. Don't you worry about what everybody's going to think. That's not this kind of church. It's not this kind of church. This church, God's church, we don't have time to worry about what nobody think about us. In God's church, what we do is, let's make sure we look out for each other. Let's pray for each other. Let's love each other. Let's support each other. And so God wants to baptize you with his spirit today. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, look at it. Even our children coming to the altar. Our children coming to the altar. They want something from Jesus. They know the rapture will come. And one day, God's people will be out of here. One day, our life will be changed. Never to be the same. The Bible says, one day, Jesus will wipe away all of our tears. And there will be no more crying. (laughs) There will be no more dying. (laughs) Oh, God. He said, there will be no more crying. No more dying, no more suffering, no more pain. The day is coming where we won't have to worry about pain, about suffering, about death, because we will be out of this world that is corrupt, where everything is dying. In the name of Jesus. I want you to lift your hands. All of you that are at the altar right now, and you want to receive God's spirit. I want you to lift your hands right now. And I want you to say, listen to what I'm saying. I want you to repent of your sins. And here is what you're doing. You're saying, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I repent of my sins today. Forgive me for allowing pride to control me. Forgive me for living my own way and to neglect the ways of God. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, for not giving my life to you, for you have sacrificed your life for mine. Today, God, I surrender myself. I repent of my sins. I give myself to you. Lord, will you fill me with your spirit today? I want your spirit to dwell and live in me. 
Come on, I want the church to begin to praise the Lord, to begin to give Him the honor. God want to fill you with His Spirit if you will worship Him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, Brother Tim. Come on. The Spirit of the Lord is here. If you will open your mouth and say, Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
All right. Listen to me. If you've never been baptized and had all your sins washed away, you can come today. As I explained to you before, you don't have to be ready. You don't have to get ready. If you've never been baptized, you can get baptized today. We will get get you ready. We have robes for you. We have towels for you. We have things to put on your head if you need to. Whatever you need, you can get baptized today and have all your sins washed away and get the name and the blood of Jesus applied to your life. Is there anyone? Is there anyone for baptism? Come on. Forget about what you did. We have one. Oh, hallelujah. We've got one so far. Forget about what you did at your other church. You need to make sure what you're doing today is right. Make sure that you know you got baptized the right way. And not while you were a baby. Not while you got baptized in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But you need to be baptized in the name. Anyone else? You can get baptized today. It doesn't take long. You can be done in 10 minutes, maybe 12. Is there anyone? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let us all stand together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your faithfulness. God, we know you care about us more than we can ever understand. We know, Lord God, that you have so much in store for us more than we can ever imagine. And Lord, I pray that even before we pray this prayer of dismissal, somebody will respond. Somebody will say yes. Somebody will surrender. Somebody's life will be changed through baptism, repentance, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Father, have your way today. We don't ever want to be the same. We want to be strengthened. We want to be empowered. And we want to experience eternal life. Prepare us, Lord, for your return before this world goes into chaos. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we bless your name for your good. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. God bless you, church. If you want to come up and talk to me, come. Have a great rest of your day. I love you.